0: You are back with The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Catherine Cruz. The federal pandemic relief bill signed into law this week and includes what's described as a lifeline for higher education. But how will the nearly $3 billion set aside for universities trickle down to us here in the islands? Joining us to talk about that and other pressing pandemic issues are University of Hawaii Provost Michael Bruno. Good morning, Michael.
1: Good morning, Catherine.
0: And University of Hawaii Professional Assembly Executive Director Christian Fern. Hi, Christian.
2: Uh, Aloha, Catherine. Good morning.
0: Now, uh, UPA represents some 3,500 members across the UH system. Uh, You know, we're waiting word on so many levels as to what kind of funding uh, will come into play, uh, what's going to happen with the proposed furloughs. Uh, But, Michael, can you fill us in? Uh, Have you been able to look at any good numbers? Uh, What are we going to get here in Hawaii?
1: We don't know the exact number yet, Catherine, but... Uh, What I've been told is, uh, compared to the first set of funding, which we received in three separate increments, CARES 1, 2, and 3, that total for UH Manoa was around $20 million. And I am told that this new round will be more than that, perhaps as much as one and a half times that amount. So that's, that's really good news in the last 24 hours.
0: And really, this money is is designed to help us stay in business and do it safely.
1: Um, the money is really intended to um, focus on the hardships generated by COVID-19, uh, in particular, the hardships that are faced by our students and uh, for me and, and for our team, and I know also for Christian and his members—that's uh, really welcome news because we all know that our students have been uh, really hard-pressed to, to pay not only for tuition but for uh, expenses, li- living expenses, uh, and and the like. So, so that's welcome news, and that that's going to once again form a large portion of a, of the spending under this funding.
0: And. I know that there is a, a lot that we don't know, Christian. Um, the uh, union filed a, a challenge last week to the governor's plan to roll out furloughs. The administration did uh, announce that they're going to be taking pay cuts, you know, equivalent to what uh, the workers will see um, minus their paycheck. Uh, so what are your concerns at this point?
2: Um, well. Thank you, Catherine, for the question. You know, first of all, we just want to make sure everyone understands that, you know, we filed the lawsuit against the governor, uh, state comptroller Kurt Otaguro, and UH President David Lasner because there's been so much uncertainty with respect to the governor's furlough plans. Um, You know, over the past nine months, uh, there haven't been real open discussions to find concrete solutions. Uh, To address the state's budget deficit, Um, we believe that the furloughs violated, you know, existing, uh, existing faculty contract, which runs through June 30th of 2021. Um, We felt like it was unconstitutional and was necessary. The filing was necessary to protect the rights of the faculty uh, to, uh, you know, for fair uh, collective bargaining negotiations. You know, we we appreciated uh, some of the correspondence that we had with uh, Senator Schatz's office um, with respect to the CARES Act funding, you know, the new stimulus package that was uh, recently passed and finally signed by uh, President Trump. Um, And in his press release, as well as in some uh, correspondence, it, it seems as though the funding can address some of the needs that, you know, faculty are seeing. Including um, uh, re- lost revenue, reimbursement for expenses already incurred, you know, uh, technology costs associated with the transition to distance learning, uh, faculty and staff training, um, and including uh, payroll.
0: You know, and I should probably use this point to to say that you know, kudos, Michael, for for the administration uh, and the information technology team for being able to roll out this whole distance learning plan um you know with very little notice
1: well that happened uh, but it would not have happened oh go ahead uh, michael. oh i'm sorry christian
0: oh My- michael go ahead
1: yeah i i i you uh you're saying something that i, I really wanted to uh to mention in our in our conversation um Yeah, we we pivoted to online very quickly, and as Christian said, we welcome the support of the federal government for um, opportunities to provide training and and technology support for faculty, staff, and students, but none of the student learning that happened with so much success at the end of the spring or throughout this fall would have happened without the faculty, and and I really want to just give a shout out and a big thank you to All of the faculty and the supporting staff members that um, worked under extraordinarily stressful circumstances to to end the spring semester, to produce virtual commencement ceremonies, and then to go into the fall even more prepared. And you know, you know, I I I just want to end also by you know, Christian used the word uncertainty and. We have been living with uncertainty since March um, on a number of different fronts, you know, particularly the budget, and that that produces a lot of anxiety across our employees, our faculty and staff in particular, and despite that anxiety, um, everybody stepped up and uh, the students learned. We had 44 total cases at Manoa the entire year. and. Uh, and that's due to the hard work of, of all those folks. I really, I don't, I don't want to take uh, really any, uh, any of the credit. I think, I think those folks were the real heroes this year.
0: And those are the positive uh, COVID cases?
1: Yes, only 44. Compare that to our peers and our, our, our colleagues uh, uh, on the continent, and uh, I think that's something we can be really proud of. I know our parents and, and their, their, their students really
0: appreciate that well i think it would be safe to say that we have all been tortured this year you know um it's been it's been very trying and you said in so many ways and this comes you know as uh, the university and the faculty of the school community has been talking about a major reorganization uh and you know it's just been compounded with the uh with the pandemic uh, the economic crisis and just the fear of the unknown as we go into this next year uh, you know with the uncertainty about the budget and what programs are going to survive uh, uh, Christian anything you know you want to uh, add at, at this point um,
2: yeah I just wanted to um, in line with what Michael was saying you know the end of the week, Prior to spring break in March of 2020, it was announced that we're moving to online learning. You know, within a week and a half, the faculty working with the administration and the technology folks were able to go up online. That resulted in thousands of students graduating in the spring, and then, you know, over the summer, faculty once again worked on their skills to help hone their online uh, distance learning teaching and you know we're, we've had another commencement in the in the fall um, I, I just want to I want to point out that this was an example of how management and labor can work together to ensure success um, we formed a temporary working group that met weekly right away that ha- you know included both faculty and administration where we were able to talk through issues and quickly, you know, try and address anything that came up. And I, I don't think, you know, it took a commitment on both sides. You know, things could have gone sideways really quick with the way that, you know, things were turning out, you know, for everyone, but it didn't. And so I I think this is just an example of how, you know, with management and labor working together, even through crises, you know, the, we can come up with positive solutions that will lead to the success. And obviously, the focus the entire time was the students. And um, I, I think there, there hasn't been enough uh, focus on that and how, how well we were able to, you know, come up with solutions. Well, know, on Well, I,
0: I I think yeah, you deserve a, a, a pat on the back. Uh, you know, everybody that was involved. Uh, you know, in the students, yeah, particularly a really unprecedented time that we're dealing with. Uh, I have an email from a concerned Hawaii resident. Uh, This person writes, I am part of the UH system and part of what we've learned during the pandemic is that the majority of our students do not like online classes. Research indicates that getting students to stay on campus leads to higher rates of graduation because they build a community of peers and mentors Online classes mean that they stay away from campus more and have less opportunity to build that social capital. Yet we see the UH system wanting to move more of the uh, community college courses to online instruction after the pandemic. It will only increase the problems of declining enrollment and graduation. Michael, you want to comment on that?
1: Yeah, I, I share the uh, I share that person's concerns. We. Uh we here in Hawaii we are rather unique, and in, in terms of the the mix of students, we have uh, 70% or so of our students are resident students. Most of them, residents of Oahu, um, many of them live in multi-generational families. So there's a lot of concern among their families about uh, COVID-19, and so um, many of them we know will continue to want to learn largely online. At the same time, they are experiencing a lot of um, a lot of anxiety, whether it's because of uh, poor access to the internet or other family obligations. Um, you know, so we, we have to try and be as supportive as possible. Ultimately, um, I think we're, we're going to first of all have at Manoa, we will have slightly more in-person meetings in the spring Um, and a lot of that is coming from requests from the faculty to me um, asking would it be okay if i meet with my students at the start of the semester at least so that we can get to know each other so they can get to know their fellow classmates so that when we go on zoom For most of our meetings at least they will know to whom it is they're speaking to or uh, learning with and and, um, I think that was one of the really key things we learned this fall is um, there's just no substitute for that human contact that face-to-face interaction Um, and so I think we will see a bit more of that even if it's only at the start of the semester a lot of the requests I've been getting are, can we do this outside some place? We've mapped out on the campus where we can hold meetings in a um, in an area that is open to the air and yet protected from the elements. So um, those maps have been distributed to the department. So um, so I think we'll see a bit more of that. But I, I share the uh, uh, that person's concern that we, we do need to have uh, – more personal contact person to person contact if we can do that in a in a safe way
0: and enrollment is up though isn't it
1: yeah we hit eighteen thousand students at manoa for the first time in five years right in the middle of a global pandemic so uh there's something going on there i think there's uh people are reading more about the the, the uh, research discoveries that we're making and the uh, some of our faculty um Really being in the headlines uh, both here and abroad, and everything from healthcare and medicine to uh, uh, marine sciences and uh, astronomy and other areas where you know uh, Manoa is in the eyes of uh, the public more and more these days. And we broke records both for in-state enrollment as well as first-time out-of-state enrollment. So it's you know it's there's no one aspect of that enrollment growth, which is something that is great to see. It's across the board.
0: And, you know, Christian, uh, we did talk with the head of the uh, uh, Employees Retirement System recently, and I was trying to get a handle on, you know, what they saw as far as retirements with professors. Do you have any handle yet on uh, whether that's up for UH faculty?
2: Um, You know, at this time, we we don't have any specific numbers you know i I can share with you that we were trying to work you know with the university on a retirement incentive um which you know we ended up sending to the governor's office the governor not signed off on it um i think there are some possibilities that the university could possibly offer it on their own um we were trying to find solutions to the budget situation that were outside of the furloughs and, you know, could provide both a win-win for both the, uh, the union as well as uh, the administration. Um, so we were actually talking through a lot of that, but we, we don't know if there were any, since it wasn't offered, we don't know if there's an increase, uh, for example, for retirement of uh, twelve thirty-one twenty. 20 um, But, you know, we'll probably start seeing that in our Um, membership numbers, you know, coming in January, February, in the January-February timeframe since we get the uh, upload from the university system. So, um, but at this time, we don't have any, you know, inclination of what those numbers look like.
0: Okay, and I I know the uh, furlough challenge will have to work its way uh, through the system. Um, We did um, uh, uh, have a a uh, soundbite, a clip from President David Lassner, as he was speaking at an informational hearing with the State House Committee on Higher Education and Technology last week, um, UH President David Lasner addressed the budget shortfall and the criticism of possible program cuts.
3: Our assumption is that the uh, state budget deficit is real. The general funded programs will have to learn how to um, survive with reduced general funds. Uh, the university relies on general funds for ballpark 60% of our general operations with the other part coming in from tuition. And then we have auxiliaries, which tend to be relatively self-supporting in research. So if there's a substantial cut in our general funds and I know you're all watching that as is the governor and we've been briefed on his financial plan. uh, We need to find ways to make do with with less and that means doing less. Um, I um, Maybe I would just phrase things a little differently. Every change that is proposed is opposed by whomever it affects. But it doesn't mean that the whole university community opposes every change. And I think within the university there is pretty wide recognition that the budget crisis is, is real and that something has to change. But there is opposition specifically once we make a particular suggestion. Um, I think the, um, what you have heard from the university community is natural and it's to be expected. And it's the result of the openness and transparency with which this process is uh, being led in each of our major units.
0: You know, and Christian, I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, how there is, you know, there's gotta be this give and take uh, on both sides as, as we kind of try and get through this really difficult situation here. You want to add anything more?
2: Um, no, I, I think there was an announcement in the uh, in media today about the university's budget. Um, you know, the budget proposal is uh, with a decrease of $78 million. I, I think there is a recognition that there will be, uh, you know, General fund, you know, a decrease in the amount of general funds towards the university. Uh, My understanding, you know, general funds represent anywhere between 50 to 60 percent of the total budget for the university. So, you know, any decrease there will impact the ability for the university to operate as it currently is. So, you know, with any reorganization, I think for faculty, uh, they simply want to make sure that they're a part of the process uh, from the beginning stages you know, so that they can be a part of the solution. I think that's just intrinsic in what faculty do, uh, you know, for for a living. Um, They wanna be a part of the solution. So um, I think with this reorganization, uh, Michael and his team have tried to provide faculty opportunities to, you know, provide feedback. I think some of the reorganization plans have gone through several iterations as a result. Um, but, you know, having an open dialogue and uh, having faculty a part of the process is what we believe is important to help be a solution for, you know, a more vibrant Hawaii in the future.
0: And, Michael, you know, we've heard David Lassner talk about, um, you know, throughout the year that we can't be everything to everybody. Uh, you know, where, where do things stand?
1: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a difficult phrase for for many people to to um, I think agree with and, and fully understand. I I, th- I think I would I would state it in in the following way. I, I think first of all, um, the changes that we've been discussing, um, both organizational changes and program changes, are intended to Strengthen the university, but most importantly, um, make the university more responsive to the needs of Hawaii, and more responsive to who we are and where we are here in the Pacific. And and so when you when you put it in in that way, and then when you also add um, that you know there's two sides to this equation. So there is the cutting side, and as Christian said, we've had a lot of discussions, um, and and those discussions are continuing. Uh, It's not just the cutting. It's also, um, to, to some extent, we need to put ourselves in a position to grow our way out of this. And we just had enrollment growth, and we believe that by strengthening those academic programs, particularly the ones, as I said, that are most responsive, um, we think we can see continued enrollment growth. And so, um, so that's, that really has to be our focus. I've, I've been saying now for many months that if we do this right, we should be able to wake up tomorrow to, you know, some magical news that, oh, there's no longer a budget crisis and yet still be convinced that the changes that we've been talking about still need to happen, because they'll make us a better university. So that's that's my hope. And as Christian mentioned, um, we've had many, many discussions with groups of faculty that have, in fact, either totally eliminated recommendations or totally changed them or came up with entirely new ideas. And that that's been a really a really remarkable time for us and that, that goes back to August all the way up until last week
0: well if you are just joining the conversation we're talking about challenges facing higher education and we'd like to know what you think call us at 941 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands our guests in studio are UH, UH Provost Michael Bruno and uh, UPA Executive Director Christian Fern. Uh, We will be right back after a short break.
3: Support for
4: Hawaii Public Radio comes from Pro Service Hawaii, offering advice to employers on managing business challenges due to the coronavirus. More information at proservice.com slash coronavirus.
2: I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next
4: Freakonomics Radio, how do you cure a compassion crisis? Let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, what is the median American doctor's empathy level?
0: I'd say it's about four and a half.
4: And can compassion heal the healers? Connecting
3: more, not less. For me, that was when the fog of burnout began to lift.
2: That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Beginning this evening at 7, following Counterspin.
0: morning we did talk with uh, Colin Moore of the uh, School of Communications about this whole reorganization plan uh, and the many concerns that uh, uh, folks had about programs that were on the chopping block. Uh, Here's what Colin had to say.
4: Journalism was one of the programs that originally was proposed for for elimination, but it turns out that that's not going to happen. Um, you know, the administration was willing to reconsider it, and that's that's been the case for a lot of programs that initially were proposed for for potentially being cut. And what we've done though is you know really try to re envision you know how we can offer these programs, but maybe in a more efficient way. And, and so the School of Communications is actually undergoing. A much larger reorganization that would involve the merger of, of several departments um, across campus into into a larger school, like the the library sciences program is part of this proposal. and and that would enable us to to offer all the classes we offer, all of the degrees, but we we hope that combining our forces will both make more sense for students, but you know maybe there'll be some efficiencies gained as well. And UH is still, very much dependent on the state for a large portion of its funding. So I think we've been working well with the administration to uh, to, to try to figure all of this out. And, you know, actually, I think most of the faculty has, has embraced this you know, with, with a spirit of, of trying to do everything they can. And so rather than cut programs, we're looking at ways to, to try to combine things and maybe move programs and, and do everything possible to, to avoid these cuts because, I mean, the University of Hawaii is so unique. I mean, we're, we're the only research university in this state, um, and you have to fly to the mainland for a comparable experience. So, you know, although we offer more programs than a lot of comparable universities, we think that's appropriate and necessary given the uniqueness of this state.
0: You know, and that underscores, uh, underscores the point that you made, Michael, uh, about, you know, the University of Hawaii and what it offers. Um, can you share anything more about the plan for you know humanities and social sciences as, as we look at this REGORG plan?
1: Well, really, I think Colin did a great job of, of summarizing how we've been going about this. Um, and a lot of that has um, has really been about uh, listening to the faculty and, and hearing their, um, not necessarily counter proposals, but hearing uh, firsthand from from the subject matter experts, you know, where, where is their field going? Where is the industry going? Where, where are the jobs that their students migrate to? Where, where, where are those, uh, going? And, and, uh, because of that back and forth, we've, we've been, um, um, kind of modifying and, and redirecting on the fly, um, uh, in the humanities, um, we see enormous potential in areas uh, like uh, our Academy for Creative Media, um, our arts program, is particularly graphics design. Uh, uh, we're talking with the School of Architecture about a much stronger um, partnership with, uh, in fact, those two entities, um, and and that has gone very very well. Again very much faculty-led discussions. Our languages, uh, programs, um, we have been talking about ways in which to um, increase their enrollment and increase their impact across the university. Um, uh, Our linguistics department is among the best in the United States, and we want to make it even stronger. Um, The same with theater, theater and dance, uh, and their focus native hawaiian and uh, asia-pacific uh, aspects of theater in which we are arguably the best in the world um, these are programs that we needed to learn about and we needed to spend time with the faculty to, to understand And so we've we've come around to uh, agreements on re-examining things like majors and minors and certificate programs and even online programs You know, what are the proper mix of programs, to Colin's point, where you can be perhaps more efficient and do some cost-cutting, but at the same time, you are strengthening the program and making it more attractive to students. And, you know, that might sound to some of your listeners like a uh, a pipe dream. I don't believe it is. And and when it comes from this conversation and this partnership, I think – we really can achieve both. We can achieve stronger programs, more attractive programs with higher enrollments, while at the same time finding efficiencies.
0: Well, I, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like you know this is a love fest and everything's all hunky dory, because you know something's going to have to get cut at the end of the day. Do you have a, a, a list right now of, of programs that you think um, we're going to have to, you know, uh, leave on the floor?
1: Uh, we do not. No, we do not. The, uh, the um, strongest in that direction, the strongest moves we have made is um, there, are, there are a couple of um, graduate programs, mostly master's programs that we've asked faculty to go back and take a look at for a possible stop-out. Um, and when we talk about stop-out, that requires several years before you finally end the program because you you must deliver the program to students who have enrolled. Um, and in, in those cases, we have called for a temporary stopout. That is, no new admits, and then uh, we will continue to work to see whether uh, those programs should continue. Um, uh, at the undergraduate level, we're not there. We have talked about um, more of the what I would call the the overhead associated with these programs and that that means the costs associated with having a department so if you have a department um, with a program that you know needs work are there combinations um, to the point that Colin made in in Colin's case we have a we have a situation with three different departments from three different colleges all coming together to form one entity by doing that you are you are eliminating a lot of the overhead costs associated with having those separate departments. So that's, that really has been more of the focus. We're looking at those, those administrative costs at the department level, but also uh, the higher administrat- administrative costs associated with executive positions, uh, which is something else, um, a totally different side of the reorganization, the administrative reorganization.
0: And, and, Christian, uh, what are UPA's concerns uh, with this reorg? Are you getting the information that you need?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're in, you know, discussions with um, Michael and his team, and we've, we're hearing from faculty members. I, you know, I, I just want to point out that the reorganization actually started prior to the pandemic beginning, and, I you know, people may not be aware of that, um it's been a long process there was a phase one now they're introducing phase two but you know things have really accelerated as a result of you know the fiscal situation that the pandemic has put us into um you know for for us you know we're trying to understand the state's budget in totality because of the impact that it has on the university um you know when you look at the contributions that the university does from an economic standpoint, for example, you know, UH faculty helped to contribute more than $400 million annually in extramural funding for research. Um, any cuts to the university could negatively impact major, many of these major economic contributions to the state. Uh, and that's where we're trying to understand it from a, a, a much broader perspective on what the state budget looks like because of the negative impact that it has on the university, and then potentially how that negative impact, because of the contributions faculty make, uh, you know, to the community, what the you know, downstream uh, negative impacts are. Um, so that's what we're trying to look at it from a much broader sense. But you know, with respect to the reorganization, you know, we're we're working closely with. Michael trying to get the information we need I know that Michael works closely with the uh, Manoa faculty senate Um, I don't know if all the questions have been answered but you know at at this point I think the fact that there's open conversations taking place that's uh, you know that's helpful Um, I think faculty are looking for more some you know for more specific answers but you know we're, we're trying to piece together things from the state to the university and how those uh, those could negatively impact the economic stimulus that the university helps with the state
0: you mentioned the research uh, aspect of, of the university and you know there was a time when we had just record amounts of federal grants coming in uh, you know thanks to our uh, our professors who were who were applying for these grants and and securing them uh, Michael is there anything you can share with us just about the plans going forward you know as a research university is that going to be the priority
1: that is certainly one of our top priorities and uh, I appreciate what Christian just said and I I want to really second what he said as far as the importance of the University to the future of Hawaii Um, I don't think you will find anywhere in the United States a thriving economy without a thriving research University in that location There are so many different stories around the country of um, economies, uh, particularly urban economies that have been transformed by the research being done and the spin-off companies that come out of the uh, the local research university. San Diego is probably one of the best examples. originally had an economy that largely looked like ours and now look, and that was largely driven by the University of California at San Diego. So... Um, to your point, research um, is, is top of mind to us. The, the, uh, the faculty are on pace this year to uh, possibly break our all-time record for research grants at Manoa. Uh, last year, we had our highest year ever, except for the, the one year, the Obama stimulus year, where uh, there was a tremendous amount of federal funding uh, doled out to universities to jump help jumpstart the economy but if you take that year out last year was our number one year and we are well on pace uh, as of this morning to exceed that and, and possibly to break our record so you know we're we're doing our part at, at Manoa to uh, to bring in those research dollars and out of those research dollars come new technologies new new um, new knowledge that then uh, translates into economic benefit for Hawaii.
0: We do have uh, something that was emailed to us, a concern. If UH system furloughs are implemented, they may have uh, negative consequences on the federal grants on which we have contracted to work. You want to chime in here, Christian?
2: Uh, we that that is our understanding as well. Um, I I was just uh, forwarded an email that the state employee furloughs are delayed at least until July first, twenty twenty one.
0: Oh, just now? Uh,
2: just now? Yeah, with um, in the last minute. So I just I wanted to share that on air, <laughs> so um, because we've been waiting to hear, you know, this confirmation. So that email was just sent. Um, to the faculty so um, we know you know when we can potentially um, when that could potentially take place it's going to be beyond July 1st but yes that that was a concern of ours that was a question that we actually asked um, because because of the impact on the uh, federal grants Um, but I I guess the concern um, can be pushed off at least until July uh, you know for the time being
0: Okay, so it may not affect then uh, the spring semester uh, that we should be okay.
2: Yes. yes. Th- and this, is, this is the information we were actually – we had heard rumors of this, but we had not received confirmation. An uh, uh, email was just sent out to the university faculty with this information.
0: So, Michael, the snapshot then is, you know, we're doing okay with uh, enrollment. It's up. Uh, we're doing okay with federal grants. It's up, <laughs> uh, and the big question is: uh, How much help are we going to get on the state side?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we're we we have been uh, spinning up um, uh, major efforts on both of those uh, sides, uh, both uh, enrollment and research. We've we've hired a tremendous number of of. Uh, very active faculty creative faculty um, our enrollment management group uh, starting five six years ago really changed the way they work and the visibility of our of our university um, has never been higher across all 50 states so yeah we're, we're poised for uh, tremendous success in every
2: uh,
1: area and uh, I which you count success in a university setting so we're very excited about that and, and we're just hoping that uh, the legislature and the governor can come together on a on a plan that will keep the university on the path that we've established.
0: You know earlier this year we did uh, reach out to Andrew Rossiter the head of the uh, Waikiki Aquarium and that's an organization uh that uh, uh has brought in extra money because they have had uh, luau uh, events uh, and they rent out their facilities uh, to the general public. And that has brought in some additional money for that facility. Uh, But now with uh, COVID, you know, the the money that would normally come in for that is just not there. And and neither is, I think, uh, the turnstile money is also down. Uh, Here's what Andrew had to say when we talked to him earlier this year.
2: We did get um, some support from the uh, Friends of the Waikiki Aquarium for three months during the four-month closure, but um, it still necessitated our drawing down our reserves, which uh, went down to zero. And now we're drawing upon our uh, accounts that we've held in the UH Foundation, which I've um, collected over the past 16 years, with the objective of using them for future exhibits and renovations, et cetera. So we're, we're bankrolling survival
1: today using the future of the aquarium.
0: You know, we did talk to David Lasner about the aquarium, and he said, yeah, you know, they've got animals there. We've got to keep, uh, you know, those uh, marine creatures alive, uh, you know, because uh, that's what we need to do. But... Uh, Michael, can you uh, talk about what might be in this uh, in this CARES money uh, in the in the uh, stimulus bill that could help us out?
1: Yeah, that was one of the, uh, the really pleasant surprises that jumped out at me when uh, I saw the first summary of the, the different categories of funding because there, lo and behold, was the word aquarium uh, in the bill. So. Um, Waikiki Aquarium is uh, the second oldest aquarium in the United States, um, and um, really vital for our community members. Uh, The friends of Waikiki Aquarium have been terrific partners um, um, in in helping us through this. Uh, We also have, in addition to what Andy mentioned, we also have university funds um, uh, are also being expended to, to keep. The, uh, the facility running to keep the animals uh, alive and thriving, um, but uh, we're now taking a, a, a good look. Uh, I have a few different people taking a look at what we can find in the in the bill that Congress, well, that the president just signed, to uh, to see um, how much we can apply for for the aquarium. But I'm 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 always the optimist in the room. I'm just going to remain optimistic that uh, the bill some uh, some uh, real strong support for the aquarium going forward
0: and what about uh, our mission as a land-grant university uh, I know there have been some discussion about you know the UHC lab over there and some of the research uh, that is happening at tropical AG and with the economic crisis a lot of folks are saying we need to boost AG and uh, you know, help us toward our sustainability goals because this pandemic has only showed our uh, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities. Uh, so what, what can you share about about the, our, our land grant mission and what we need to make as far as priorities?
1: Well, as, as maybe many of your listeners know, the land grant um, university system goes back to Abraham Lincoln um, and has as its focus um university providing training, new technology, et cetera, to, to the, uh, the agricultural industry to, to feed the nation. And certainly here in Hawaii, we know that for many hundreds of years, um, the island sustained um, hundreds of thousands of people uh, without importing uh, anything, and of course now we import almost everything. So, we know that needs to change. For a lot of reasons, it would make us more uh, sustainable and resilient to disruptions, but also help diversify the economy. So, Citar, uh, the College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, is the represents the land grant mission of the university, and we have been working with Citar. Um, this goes back to what Christian was saying. Uh, we've been doing. Or uh, focusing in this area for several years now, um, but the pandemic has accelerated that that effort. So um, our dean at, at CTAR and and his team and the faculty certainly have been doubling down on their discussions. Um, um, we we have many supporters, um, Senator De Cruz on the Senate side in particular and very, very strong supporters for the growth of uh, the agricultural sector here in Hawaii. Um, we're going to be we're going to be doing a lot of work in that area. That's one of our focus areas.
0: Anything you want to add, Christian, about the land grant mission and the decisions being made uh, with the reorg?
2: No, we we actually have um, a number of faculty members from CITR who are a part of the leadership, so. We have a lot of – we get a lot of feedback from them about it. Um, I know that they're in constant discussions with the dean um, as well as with the provost about, you know, their, whatever concerns are arising. So um, I'm confident that they're representing the, the needs of Sitar well, and um, they're not – I know that they're not afraid to go to the dean with their concerns.
0: Okay. <laughs> Uh, We had another email come in. uh, Let's see. Most UH teaching faculty are nine-month employees. Most spent all summer reworking their courses to be online this fall. They were not compensated for this time. A lot of faculty believe that the furloughs, if implemented, should interrupt class time. Response to that?
1: From... Me I would say we just learned the furloughs mm-hmm. are off um, I'm breathing a big sigh of relief for that as I'm sure all of uh, our faculty and all our employees are um, but uh, yeah I don't I don't know I'll look Christian <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well we know this recovery is going to be a while it it's not going to it's not going to be a quick fix and so we're going to go through I think a lot of pain over the next couple years
2: Christian. Yes. I, you know, we understand that there's a, the, the, the budget situation with the state is negatively impacted as a result of the pandemic. Um, I mean, it's just been a kind of a trickle down effect. Um, we know that we're going to have to better position ourselves for what the state of Hawaii is going to look like in the future with respect to the type of jobs, the industries that are going to be important moving forward. I think faculty are prepared and they're ready to meet the challenges that come forward. I think that's simply a part of the uh, the work that they do on a daily basis. Um, I, I think that's why it's important to, again, understand the budget impact as a whole from the state level, how it's going to be coming down to the university, being a part of the discussions, and, you know, more than anything, being a part of the solution moving forward. Uh, I think that's what faculty members do. A lot of times, you know, the state is often looking at business leaders for their expertise when we come into a crisis. From my perspective, I mean, look at the university. Um, the university has many faculty members who are Look, you know, who study this for a living. We have a lot of the solutions right there at the university. We just need to seek it out. I think that's where that's where we can begin to look for um, the solutions for the economy going into the future.
0: Is there a neighbor island aspect of this that you want to talk about, Christian?
2: Well, the neighbor island uh, campuses, you know, are primarily the community colleges, and they, the community colleges, serve a huge, you know, are, are very important to their to their individual communities. Um, but we also have UH Hilo, another four-year campus. Um, I, I think all of you know throughout the system, the like the university as faculty members who are prepared to do whatever they need to do in order to provide the students with the skill sets that they need to move forward um, you know I, i'm confident that by working together with the administration as well as better understanding you know what the state intends to do with respect to the you know the funding moving forward i think we can by working together we can come up with um, the solutions needed to get us on the path moving forward.
0: Okay, uh, Michael, we've got about a minute left. So Will you have the last word?
1: Uh, I, I echo what Christian just said. I think uh, continuing to work strongly together, we can find a path out of uh, out of this, but in a in a way, I hope that can keep Hawaii healthy and thriving. You only have to look so far as uh, the. The efforts from the university in support of, of Hawaii during this pandemic, and all of our faculty, students, staff out there in the in the community, um, um, our folks at UHERO working with policymakers, and, and so many others, um, we could go on. And it, you can, I think, we've demonstrated that we are incredibly responsive and and vital to the future of Hawaii. And I hope is that we will have the support
0: that that we need. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, University of Hawaii Provost Michael Bruno, University of Hawaii Professional Assembly Executive Director Christian Fern, and we thank you, the listener, for joining us on today's show. What are your thoughts about the future of higher education? Call our talk back line and leave your comments. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation.